Hello, and welcome to Silo Busting, an EPAM Continuum podcast. I'm your host, Macy Donaway. First off, we hope you, our listeners, are healthy and safely hunkered down as we endure the coronavirus pandemic together. To those on the front lines, either in healthcare positions or serving those in our communities in other ways, we say a tremendous thanks. Today's episode looks closely at the personal protective equipment need and supply chain disruption caused by COVID-19. You'll learn how our team of integrated consultants address the spike in demand for PPE by releasing the Gentle Mask, an open source solution for manufacturers that is incredibly simple and fast to make at scale. You'll hear from EPAM Continuum's Rich Ciccarelli, Senior Director of our Made Real Lab, and Duncan Freak, Senior Mechanical Engineer, two of the main men behind the mask. Both are well-versed in rapid design and prototyping. They're in conversation with Jit Agarwal, VP of Enterprise Products for EPAM, who has decades of project and business management experience under his professional belt. Together, they plunge into the inspiring story behind the gentle mask and how it aims to keep healthcare workers safe and able to care for patients. The Gentle Mask Project is just one of many superb ways in which individuals and organizations are uniting to fight the pandemic, and one we're proud to share today. Enjoy. We're going to talk about Gentle Mask today, but before we dive into that, I'd like to get a little bit of an, a preview from Rich about how Made Real Lab works and how they bring products to market. Rich, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so um, the engineers and designers, they, uh, they come up with a concept that we help them to bring to life in order to test it with people. So early on in the process, we're building prototypes of services, systems, or products that, that, uh, that are being created. And we have to use a whole bunch of different techniques to, to tell that story, to get people immersed in what the concept is so that they can understand it so we can get feedback. And that could be uh, video storytelling, augmented reality, uh, virtual reality, or experiential prototyping where we're building out spaces that people interact with and we study them and we get feedback and we understand what works and what doesn't. Got it. Got it, Rich. So you're basically building experiences to help people and customers with problems and and challenges that they're facing. And Obviously, as, as a, at a macro level in, in the world today, we have a fairly large challenge we're dealing with uh, with COVID-19. And so I think uh, your lab then has has focused on trying to solve that problem. And with us, we have Duncan, who who's led the team that's really focused on that. Duncan, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of the of the team's focus on solving this or trying to help a part of this problem at a, at a macro level. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. So I, I think we, we sort of entered the problem um, from our perspective based in Boston, where we were hearing from a lot of healthcare professionals that they were really close to running out of really core PPE. And so we sort of formed teams, sprung into action to try and understand if that really unfortunate um, situation came to pass, what is the best level of protection we could provide with improvised materials in a way that could be done on a small scale, a large scale, um, or a really truly industrial scale. And so 
we formed a, a team. We went into the Made Real Lab and we prototyped to the point where we understood that we could make a mask that would have a lot of really key elements that you might find in a conventional mask, but made out of some different materials that might be a little bit more available in this in this time of um, you know extraordinary changes in our, our healthcare um, environment and and really big disruptions in supply chains. Amazing, amazing. So when this 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 uh, this hybrid team came together to try to address this problem that that providers, medical providers, were facing with PPE, also known as personal protective equipment, things like face masks and gowns and gloves, etc. Um, you were looking at the challenge that they're facing, but obviously there's a lot of aspects to that challenge that are important. What was the, the time element? How did, how did that factor into the team's equation as you were looking to build a solution? Yeah, you know, I think before we started, we took a hard look at the problem to try and understand um, where we could actually provide value as opposed to distraction. Um, I think a lot of people are, are really worried right now and trying to figure out where they can help. And so we wanted to be focused with that effort. And so as we looked at the situation, we found that um, a lot of supply chains are working very hard on this, and we hope that they'll be able to catch up quite soon. And so we pegged that in a matter of weeks, um, the conventional supply chain might catch up. Um, but in the meantime, there's a lot of really improvised solutions, a lot of cloth masks uh, that may provide some protection to people going to the grocery store, um, but probably aren't going to provide a whole lot of protection in a hospital environment. And so we sort of formed a, a mantra that guided this project around something that would be good enough to provide meaningful protection and not too late, such that it could be made in a timeline that would actually provide meaningful help to these healthcare practitioners uh, when they need it, as opposed to you know uh, after they've already run out. And so that, that really formed the guiding principle of this project, mm -hmm. and that turned into gentle. So good enough, not too late has been um, the guiding principle of a lot of our decisions here. Uh, we, we set out to design something that would really provide meaningful protection um, and and not take, you know, months to to develop or be based on equipment that would, you know, not be set up until June. Indeed, indeed. And that's one of the questions that I'm sure folks were wondering, you know, where did that gentle name come from? So uh, it's good enough and not too late uh, masks to help our 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 folks in the market and in, in the world and medical providers uh, helping treat the patients. So um, it's actually quite inspiring. So what, you know, in terms of thinking about it, why a mask and, and where was the origin of that? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, we've seen a lot of different efforts pop up to sort of support some of the shortages associated um, with the COVID-19 health crisis. And I think um, for us, it was a mask because we want to be responsive to what people are asking for. And um, there's a lot of great folks doing work here. And, and some of them were really getting feedback um, to some ventilator work that was saying, you know, ventilators um, are really important. But if the workers who are going to be using those ventilators, who are going to be intubating patients, aren't protected, then it doesn't matter how many ventilators you have, because you need those trained professionals protected to do that really important work. And so that's, that's where we landed on masks, because... Um, you know, protecting those frontline healthcare workers was going to be the first step to really keeping the, the healthcare system operating as much as possible. Absolutely. And if you, if you think about some of those frontline uh, healthcare professionals, they're working nights and weekends. And, and we've heard and seen 
how they are deservedly so getting recognition in communities across the globe. But I can imagine that generating something like this in a very short time also meant that your team really had to, to burn the midnight oil. What was that like? Can you talk a little bit about the, the prototyping team and that process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, there, there's been a, a broad team that's worked really, really hard on this. I think, um, you know, we're used to sort of leaving everything on the field when we approach projects. And I think this has been at a level that I've never, never seen before. Um, so, you know, we, we approached this problem based on the, the level of urgency we saw in terms of the timeline. And, and so we set goals and targets that were very different than um, we might set going into a normal non-emergency situation. Um, and so we, we assembled a team and, and over the course of um, two days, two very, very long days, a team of uh, three mechanical engineers primarily and a human factors engineer really put together the, the core principles of what this mask was and the, the prototypes that, that are still very similar to what we're, we're talking about today. Absolutely. That that's, uh, sounds like an incredible two days to have spent uh, developing and, and building this and getting even into prototype. Um, a couple of thoughts come to mind, though, on that front. It, it seems like uh, partnerships would, would play a large part into this. So I was looking for maybe your thoughts on it, Duncan, and then, and then we'll turn to you, Rich, in terms of Made Real Lab and, and the partnerships there. So, so Duncan, first maybe on Gentle Mask, what, what do you think the, the role partnerships play and, and how important is that? Yeah, the, the role of partnerships is absolutely huge. Um, and and actually, you know, that's that's a place that we're used to playing. Um, you know, we're, we develop a lot of really good work and part of what helps us do that is having good relationships with everything from material suppliers to manufacturers to end users. And, and we're really trying to play a similar role here. I think uh, we can bring a lot of things to the table and, and we're trying to uh, provide sort of uh, one way that this can be done, as well as a, a, a toolkit that people can can use if they're trying to develop something like this themselves. And so part of what we've tried to do here and will continue to try and do is serve as sort of a, a connector among people who are trying to figure out this problem and share the knowledge and testing that we've done, as well as the information and suppliers that we've figured out to help other people do this as well. And I think, you know, we've seen a lot of really great things um, around this crisis specifically, where people are willing to just put everything they have to, to go at this problem. And uh, it's, I think it's going to form some really interesting collaborations that I, I hope will continue um, you know, for any, any future crises that we, that we face. Open source is an important part of this project and an important part of the Gentle Mask Initiative. Um, and, and so I guess, Duncan, the question to you is, how do you want to take advantage of and why was this made an open source project uh, for the broader community to be able to take advantage of? Yeah, you know, I, I think, um, I mean, one one key reason that this is open source is that we're, we're not a manufacturer. And I think we, we often provide a lot of design resources to all sorts of people. Um, and we understand a lot of parts of this ecosystem, but we're trying to provide a toolkit that a lot of people can take advantage of. Um, not just sort of one specific person. And then I think there's there's another aspect to the open source nature of this. Um, and that's the fact that this is a global challenge um, that's going to require global solutions. And I think, you know, what I want everyone to do and what we're doing here is laying all of our cards on the table. I think we want everyone to put their best information forward. So all of the 
really well-meaning companies and people that want to do good things and want to help here have access to the best possible information so they can, um, you know, have a leg up in terms of starting on this. Absolutely. If you think about, you know, EPAM and, and it's a leader in the open source space, I think that's exactly what it's about. All the community members coming together to really produce a, a, a positive outcome. Well, now that this is out there, I guess the, the question is, so what are the next steps? What what do we what would what would be that ideal scenario that you would like to see happen in the in the marketplace? Yeah, so I, I think I think one thing and one thing we're seeing that's interesting that's changing is some of the recommendations around masks. So um, we're starting to see some federal government rec- recommendations in the United States that everyone should be wearing masks. And so um, what I one thing I hope to see is just um, more people getting more supplies. And I think um, we're, we're starting to see many, many companies coming into this space, um, either from a sort of uh, donation perspective or from, you know, setting up new new operations to sort of manufacture and sell masks. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping to see sort of more of all of those things in terms of general PPE supply. From an open source standpoint, I think it's really important to have um, a, a reference standard. And I think, you know, uh, a lot of private companies setting this up makes a lot of sense, and we need as much capacity as we can get right now. But we also need something that people can look to um, to understand the place they should they should start, the place they can start, and and like and what the level of protection that might offer is. And I think one of the challenges we see um, with a lot of the people that are understandably um, jumping into this, sort of holding onto their cards tight, is that it doesn't actually give other people a place to start. And so I hope that more people are able to take advantage of our toolkit and a lot of the other resources that are out there so that when they're able to approach this problem, um, they're, they're able to do so from a, a place of as much knowledge as they can possibly get. Indeed. You know, Duncan, you've, you've talked about places to start. So if I'm a medical healthcare provider or a manufacturer or a supplier, where, what would you recommend? Where is that place to start? Where can I go to get uh, working on this problem and get involved today? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, one one great place to start and, and learn about some of the resources and some of the thinking that's gone into the, the Gentle Mask is the uh, Solutions Hub website. And the, the easiest place to get to that is probably actually just to um, Google Gentle Mask, that's G-E-N-T-L, mask. Um, and, and that Solutions Hub website actually will come come up uh, right away. And, and you'll be able to see some of the, um, you know, everything from the manufacturing instructions to the material selection as well as a, a guide to some of the places you might be able to find some of those some of those materials. Um, I think there are a lot of other great resources out there. Um, there's the open source COVID um, development group that's developing open source medical gear as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of a lot of great resources. Um, you know, and and I, I encourage people to take a look at some of the the work that that we've done here and and you know provide any any feedback and and take it and adapt it. You know, I think we're really just trying to, you know, provide information that people can can run with. Um, I think that's one of the great things about this open source approach is we're we're trying to sort of just help help anyone along who's trying to work work in this space. That that's a great uh, first step for everybody. Thank you. I and the Solutions Hub Gentle Mask website actually also has some videos to to be able to for people to see and visualize the the manufacturing process. So so now that. Uh, if this is out there and, and hopefully folks will take it up, what would you view as the measure of success uh, for the gentle mask 
um, and, and in market. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's interesting because this is a, a project we never set out to do necessarily, right? In a, in a market we never never had on our, our sort of sites, had in our sites. And, and I think, I think actually we've, we've achieved really the, the, the goals that we had in terms of we've had an incredible number of conversations with people all over the map. Uh, and that's all over the map in terms of industry, but that's also all over the map in terms of the world. And, and they're trying to figure out what they can do here. And so we've both shared a lot of our knowledge and, and our design work with them, but also a lot of our general um, general learnings and, and guidelines. And so um, that was a key goal to sort of spread information. And I think we've really um, achieved what we set out to there. Um, and then I think, you know, in terms of the, the PPE supply, in terms of the mask supply in general, you know, hospital workers, frontline healthcare workers are absolutely the first wave. But I, I really don't think we're going to have enough masks until all of the people working in food distribution, working in restaurants have masks, until all of the people working in, in warehouses have masks. I think, I think like there, there are many waves and many needs here. And I think, um, you know, the, the relationships and, and the people that I've been in contact with around the, the gentle mask just in the last two weeks, um, it's, it's really been an incredible group of people that are going to continue to push this forward. And I think uh, continued success is just being able to support that effort and, and provide the sort of information that we've, we've gathered together to help sort of achieve that goal of, you know, decisions around PPE being made based on um, something other than a lack of supply, you know, based on just what people need to have as opposed to what they can have. I think that's a very important point that we're, we're helping the, the world at large develop and build solutions based on that which is available. But, but I know, Rich, that uh, Made Real Lab really is often focused on ensuring success with its customers. So what, what do you think some of the metrics of success have been and are for Continuum's, uh, EPAM Continuum's Made Real Lab? We build realistic prototypes or high-fidelity prototypes early in the process. And what that allows us to do is it allows us to live with the designs, sort of release it in beta early on, which gives us feedback on the design, which makes the designs ultimately better by the time they are released. So by having a prototyping centric approach to design, we are fully testing an idea really far upstream before it ever gets close to manufacturing. So we can make all of the necessary changes before we get to deployment or manufacturing or, or when we, before we get to a point where we can't change something that we've discovered too late. So that's really the, the key part about our prototyping approach is build it, live with it, iterate it rapidly. And by the time it gets out, it's as close to perfect as it could be. So Rich, you know, in, in, a, in a world where we're trying to achieve perfection, which, which uh, is, is, is the ideal world, we also need to get uh, a good customer feedback and input. And in the case of Gentle Mask, I think there was a little bit of a clarity as to what the needs are. Uh, it's a very, very clear need. But maybe sometimes with the projects that Made Real Lab works on, that isn't so clear. How do you acquire that customer input, feedback, requirements? How do you get that? Whenever we build a prototype, an immersive prototype, we test it with people. So we have an extensive network of, of testing facilities, 
whether they are in our office or in people's homes or a warehouse that we rent, uh, people are involved. All the key stakeholders, um, meaning the consumer, the, the client, uh, the manufacturer, the, the developers, or anyone that's involved in the chain is involved in this process. We're testing things with people and we use that feedback to inform the next round, the next phase. And, and we do this rapidly in rapid succession and we do it, we build these prototypes at a level of fidelity that allows us to iterate quickly. So we spend a lot of time thinking about how to build the prototype so that we could change it because we go into these design situations knowing full well that we don't have all the answers. And in the case of the gentle mask, you know, we're building things because they inform the next phase. So we don't hesitate at all. And we've built a network of labs that allow people to build things quickly. So whatever idea you have, build it, test it, and then learn from it and move it forward fast. So instead of sketching, instead of spending time coding something, we look at it like build the experience, test it, make sure that delivers on the guiding principles you've put forward. And then you're able to evolve it faster than if you designed a product and got it to manufacturing and launched it and then discovered that you uh, were off track. So, so Rich, it sounds like you're really personally vested in, in all of the solutions that, that the Made Real Lab comes out with. What, uh, what does the gentle mask mean to you personally? And, and Duncan, you're next, just as a heads up. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that one of the common threads between everybody at EPAM and EPAM Continuum is we're, we're human-centered. We're in this because we want to make a difference. And I think the gentle mask hits on everything we stand for. At a time where something needs to happen, we have the resources, we have the people, we have the passion. And taking that power and using it for something as, as beneficial as this may turn out to be uh, is, is great. And uh, we're fortunate that we have a lot of projects that also feed our, our need to, to do great work. So this was a project where we had this huge team working insane hours and moving things forward at a pace that just is incredible. And people couldn't be happier. They're exhausted, but but they they couldn't be more satisfied with what they're doing. So it's a, it's a good kind of exhausted. I, I know. Well, Duncan, as, as part of that team and, yeah. and one of the leaders of that that huge team, what what is the, what a gentle mask meant to you personally? Yeah, I, I think it's it's meant a lot to me, and and I think it's really led me to realize that a lot of the you know relationships that we've built within the company, a lot of the teams we've built within the company. Um, are really strong and that's let us push really hard on something here. Um, and I think like, you know, at, at a time where, you know, a lot of the news is really hard, a lot of things are really challenging um, and the situation is objectively really hard. I think one thing it's meant for me is just the ability to fight really hard for something, to push really hard for something and to sort of give, give a, a, a really large problem everything we have and understand, you know, where we can help, um, and and be really focused in doing that. So I think it's it's been meaningful to me in that I have people that I'm I'm close to that that spend a lot of time in hospitals in Boston, and 
and I, I want to be able to have an answer for them. And so it, it hits me on a very personal level in that way. Um, but also, you know, there's just a lot of people I care about. And, and I think um, just being able to deliver something that, that may be able to offer protection to people is, is a really, um, it's just personally a really big deal to me and, and has been a helpful drive um, at this point in time when, when it, it can be sort of, uh, some of the challenges here can be kind of paralyzing. Yeah, that's a, that's an important point of view, and I would agree with that. I, I think from an EPAM perspective, it is the gentle mask is definitely part of the larger ethos at EPAM of, of corporate, um, having that corporate social responsibility, being a good citizen, being a good member of the community locally, regionally, nationally, internationally. And so I think that uh, that has been something that has been pretty important. So, gentlemen, I sincerely appreciate your time. Um, talking to us about Made Real Lab, part of EPAM Continuum, talking about Gentle Mask. Uh, and for those that may be listening, please go look at Gentle Mask on Google, go to Solutions Hub, and see if you can't be a part of this journey and we can all make the larger universe of COVID-19 and dealing with that uh, a little bit safer for all of the medical professionals and those that are on the front line helping us fight this battle. Thank you to Rich, Duncan, and Jit for the behind-the-scenes look at the creation of the Gentle Mask. If you're a manufacturer who wants to learn more about the open design and mask manufacturing process, go to epam.com or contact Gentle, G-E-N-T-L, underscore mask at epam.com. This has been Silo Busting, a podcast from EPAM Continuum. EPAM Continuum integrates business, experience, and technology consulting focused on accelerating breakthrough ideas into meaningful impact. Why do we do this? Because real opportunities aren't siloed. Mm-hmm.